Hey everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and this is a pre-recorded episode. For those listening in podcast format, this will sound no differently. You don't need to adjust your listening devices. Uh, but for those of you tuning in live, I uh, will not be answering any of your comments. If you do comment because I'm technically not here, you can call me Joaquin Phoenix. Was I ever really here? Uh, that's just a call out to one of his movies. But uh, our episode today, I'm super excited to talk about. I took the Paramount Plunge uh, last weekend in getting a Paramount Plus subscription. That's right. They uh, gave me the opportunity of getting a free seven-day trial. They said, you're with comics and cinema? We're going to give you a free seven-day trial. All I had to do was <laughs> give them my email and uh, my PayPal account, and they were kind enough to hold off on payment, uh, charging me those seven days. I don't know if those of you who are not podcast uh, live stream extraordinaires have gotten that same sort of uh, service, I guess you could say that uh, diamond level service. So for any of you who are looking for any hookups when it comes to Paramount Plus, let me know. Maybe I can swing you one way or another, get you that, that free week. Um, here's my, so what I'm going to talk about today in this episode is my, uh, overall thoughts on Paramount plus, uh, that's why they're paying me. <laughs> okay. To be fair, they're not paying me. They are only giving me free seven days <laughs> that I, and I apologize. I'm laughing too, because I have one of the movies we're going to be talking about is Jackass. And I do have a, a IMDB up on the other screen. And a stunt just happened, and I was laughing a little bit about that, too. It is not at all because I'm making up the fact that Paramount has not given me anything in regards to this podcast. But I know their CEO, CFO, uh, they listen, they uh, they comment. I've seen their comments. I've gotten their fan mail. Um, so, yeah, I guess they just didn't want to provide me with anything more than that. So my shortest review that I can provide to you about Paramount Plus is that I canceled it already. So I only have, uh, I only have what is it, till like the end of this week to watch anything else that I need to, which is a little bit of a regret. Uh, I did spend some time going into the watch list, or I went into all of their stuff. So for those of you that are curious what kind of library they have, I explored the entire thing. I went through A to Z, all of the movies and all of the TV shows, and added things to my list that I, I figured maybe I could try and watch in this next week. There's not a lot of content on there. Um, there is a lot of content. Uh, there certainly, though, isn't a lot of content worth me paying an extra $10 a month for. So as you guys are aware, I have a lot of streaming services that I uh, subscribe to. The ones that I don't subscribe to are Paramount+, Plus, Peacock, um, Maybe there's another one, too. I can't think if there's any other newer ones, but the Peacock and Paramount are the big ones. And so over this last year, though, Paramount has had a deal going on with some movies, and uh, they are released specifically and only on Paramount+, Plus. sometimes along with them being a theater release, too, which is pretty cool. Uh, so kind of similar to when Disney Plus did that, other streaming services did that, but these were movies where I didn't get a chance to catch them in the theater and they're only available for streaming on Paramount. So I was like, you know what? What if I just piled up some of these movies and then got a subscription and canceled after a week just to see if it's worth keeping? And so I really did think about keeping it. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I'm not a big sports fan uh, in, in terms of viewing and being obsessed about sports. But I, I've come to this realization over the last few weeks, kind of over my whole life. I am actually a sports fan. And you're hearing it here first on Comics and Cinema. I love sports. I love football. I love basketball. I love 
I'm just going to list all of the sports, but um, football season is upon us. And I have avoided being involved in my family's fantasy league. I'm involved in it every single year, but I do my best not to care about anything in that league. And the one thing that I like doing though, is I like to think that I have, I have intuition about certain things. And so one thing I used to always do is I would guess football games and we're getting off on a tangent, but that's what, that's what Paramount's paying me for on this. So um, I, I guess the games, I like guessing games and that's based on me and not on a lot of like the factoids and, and whatnot. So like I, I, you know, when fantasy, when I was really into it, pull up a couple news articles and say, Oh, who, who am I supposed to start? Who do we think is going to win? But a lot of times what I'll do is like, I'll just tune into a football game and I'll be like, uh, I think that's the team that's going to win. And more oftentimes than not, that is the team that's going to win. But that's the kind of story that you hear people tell when they're pretending that they're good at that sort of stuff. And so if anyone knows me and my passions, one of the biggest passions that I have is data. And so uh, this season, this football season, I'm actually doing a, a little experiment. So I am tracking all of the football picks from three websites plus my own picks each and every week and tallying up all of the wins, the losses, and the percentages to see exactly how good I am at guessing these football games. How good are these websites at telling people what the guess is? Long story short of it, there are two versions of Paramount Plus that you can purchase. You can do $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month. And if you do the $4.99 a month, it is it says it comes with ads. It has their library, but you're, you're watching with ads. If you pay the $9.99 a month, you get live TV with it as well, including only CBS. So you're certainly not getting every single football game, but uh, Sunday morning when I woke up and yes, I did sleep in when I woke up, I pulled out my app, the Paramount Plus app, and I was watching the football game right as I woke up, which was great. The Chiefs game. Uh, but again, even those games, again, the live live shows, they're going to have ads. They're going to have the ads of whatever your local channel is playing. Interestingly enough, though, the movies I watched also had ads. They did not have ads during the film. But if any of you have a HBO Max subscription, you'll know there's usually like a 30-second ad at the beginning for some new HBO show. This is very similar. There's like a 30-second ad for a new Paramount Plus show coming out. So again, not technically an ad, but it is an ad because when it plays, it says advertisement. So in a sense they're lying to you when they tell you that it's ad free. It isn't ad free. So $10 a month for that is kind of high. And beyond that, like I said, so many of the movies that are on there are available on other subscription platforms. Uh, there are other ones I was really excited to see for a time. If you remember the lost city and wrath of man. And I believe uh, there's one of the Sonic two, all three of those were exclusively on Paramount plus those are on Amazon now. So you don't need to be on Paramount Plus to watch them, which is great because I started watching Wrath of Man and then I was like, oh, uh, that's on Amazon. I'll watch it a little later. I'm not pressured to, to uh, watch it. The only thing that's on there that I probably won't get to, but honestly kind of regret that I won't get to because I love the show, is uh, 1883, that prequel series from Yellowstone, which again, there's only one season on there, but they don't have the rights to their own show. They got Yellowstone, I think, is on Peacock. So you can't even, I can't even catch up on the fourth season. I haven't seen the fourth season yet. Um, but there's a couple of other things on there. I added Kablam for those of you Nickelodeon fans out there. I was going to try and watch an episode or two of that. But the big movies that I wanted to watch were Jackass Forever. I've been wanting to watch that since it came out. Because uh, again, didn't get to catch it in theaters. And then Orphan, First Blood, or First Kill. 
which uh, I loved the first Orphan movie. And then when they're like, yeah, this is streaming exclusively. Like, it's not even in theaters anymore. So I was like, I got to check this out. And then Scream, the the new Scream movie that came out at the beginning of this year. So uh, a couple different movies. And uh, the last bit that I will say about Paramount, again, I used it on my phone. I used it on my computer. And then I used it on my Xbox. The experience on the Xbox wasn't great. It felt like I was watching it in 720p at times. I could see the uh, the buffering of like where it would actually look really nice for a bit. And then it kind of looked a little bit grainy, which again, paying 10 bucks a month for, I don't want to have that problem, especially on my Xbox, because again, it's hooked up to a larger screen. So I like to get as good a picture as possible. On the phone, I thought it was fine. Uh, the interface though, and again, I don't know if this is similar to if you guys are doing it on the TV or what, the interface on my Xbox was not good at all. I was constantly clicking something and it would take me back to the main menu or it would show that I was clicking on the right spot and I wasn't clicking on the right spot. I don't know if that's just app service that they're not getting to. I'm not sure. But we're talking about a 10-minute review of Paramount+. Plus. I would say uh, it's worth it, even if, and it's funny too, because when I canceled it, they offered, they, and this might have been, what I, I think the CEO was truly messaging me about because he, he said, hey, Alex, we, uh, we'd we hate to see you leave, which I thought was interesting. I mean, hmm, they don't want me going. Uh, and they were going to offer me 50% off two more months. So I would have paid $5 a month instead of nine. And I got to tell you, even weighing those options, I was like, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. And I can always sign up again, uh, pay 10 bucks, try and watch everything in a month. Uh, we'll see. I doubt it. But Again, I really want to watch that 1883 show. I just don't know when it's going to come. But I got all the movies in that I wanted to watch uh, in a very short amount of time. So let's dive in and talk about those. The first film, Jackass Forever. Man, this I have a weird relationship with the Jackass movies because I think I've maybe seen two of them. I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't remember much from them other than some of the crazy stunts. But this was one of those shows, or I guess movies, that uh, you know I wasn't allowed to watch growing up. And so there was a couple moments where I got, I watched a bit of it at our, our best friend Brian's house. Uh, this is a different Brian than our illustrious, illustrious producer. Um, he, he lived next door when we were in Texas and we'd always go over to his house. And sometimes I, I, you know, when that was a craze, I don't know what that would have been like 2000, early 2000s, I think was when that first Jackass movie came out. Uh, I'll see if I can know for sure. Yeah. Jackass the movie, man, all the way back then, 2002. So this movie comes out 10, 20 years after the first Jackass movie. And I just remember that movie being something that I couldn't say out loud because we weren't allowed to swear in the household. And that was, I think, considered, I don't know if my parents have ever been upset, but we did not want to risk it. So that was always just called like the Jackbutt movie or we just wouldn't mention it. But, uh, you know, at the time it was like, what kind of movie is this? This is a lot of stupid stuff which is something that it ended up turning into. My family, actually, we uh, we used to make movies, and so we made this movie called Stupid Stuff where we uh, we just did the same stuff that was in Jackass. We would do a bunch of dumb stunts and get hurt, and it was really funny. But um, I'd never really like analyzed the films, and they're not really films to be analyzed, and that's what I learned when I was watching this uh, Jackass Forever is something about this movie was just really special and in a really weird way, really wholesome, um, just in terms of the camaraderie that everyone had for each other, there was just this understanding of like, hey, we're all going through a really difficult time right now of getting our bodies injured. Like, let's be cool. But there's also some moments in it where I was like, Johnny Knoxville, man, like you're I felt like he was taking it a little too far. Like one of the guys was in a stunt 
and was freaking out. And when he was done with the stunt, he thought everything was okay. And Johnny tasered him. And I'm just like, okay, I guess a bunch of guys just in a room screwing around. That's fine. But to me, I'm like, that felt illegal, man. I'm like, why would you do that? That's like torture at this point. There's a, I think one of the funniest ones in here was when they, they tricked the, uh, the, so we'll go back to this as a higher level topic. Uh, What I really liked about this movie is you had the old cast, Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, along with a bunch of newer people. Uh, There's a guy named, I think his name was uh, Poopy, if I'm remembering right, or it's Poopsy, uh, or Poopies is his name. Wow, his real name is Sean. Um, But there's like five of them. And so, you know, macro level, I really liked that about this movie. There was a clear message that uh, they're passing the torch. And I thought that that was really special. I'm, um, you know, watching it and it's like, there'd be stunts where the new kids only were doing the stunts. And it was like, okay, yep, we got to get them through their paces. Reminded me a lot of like a fraternity haze that goes really wrong because these people got really hurt. Uh, but then there are other ones where the, uh, the old crew were doing a, a stunt and it felt like, hey, let's let the professionals come in and do a stunt. Like, let's let the old, the old bull come back and and do a couple rounds sort of thing. Like I thought that that was really cool. And again, they don't outrightly say it except for a couple points where they're like, Hey, you know, this is the new blood. Um, But it really felt that way. It felt like, okay, these guys, you know, are kind of passing this torch. Johnny and Steve both got pretty badly injured in this movie. I doubt we'll see them again, unless it's in a consulting format. And I could see Johnny killing that because he does a really good job presenting some of these uh, scenes. But he also is a great, you know, prankster just going around and literally tasing people, which just did not make sense to me. But like I said, my favorite scene was there's this one where he's like, yeah, we're going to be doing a this thing where we're tricking the new people. And again, legally, I'm sure they've signed waivers that they're, you know, can't come after them for any of this. But just all of this just felt so wrong. He's like, we're we're going to make them think that I'm going to be touching a snake, <laughs> a rattlesnake. And they're just going to watch. But then when I'm done, we're all leaving the room, locking them in this room, turning the lights off and pretending like the snake got loose. And I'm like, okay, that's terrible. But also I can't wait to see how this goes. And so it's going normally. But then even then they're making like fake snake sounds. There's a bit where he like, he like stabs the, one of the guys with a thing that looks like a snake, but actually to draw blood. So it feels like you're being bit by a snake. That's horrible. That's terrible. But then even beyond that, there's a room that like opens up where they can escape. And I don't know if this is because I just watched the Saw movies, but this room had a bunch of pans and pots hanging from the ceiling and the room's pitch black so they can't see. And then there's a bunch of crap on the floor. And then there's a, a uh, like a counter that has a bunch of mouse traps and tacks. And so the person's freaking out. And they go into this room and they're hitting their head on the pans. And then they go to do that. And and one of the guys is this, this huge guy named, I think his name was Zach. And I felt so bad for him because he just kept getting picked on by everybody. And he is trying to like lift himself over this thing. <laughs> and so his stomach is just pouring out at this point, covered in tacks and mouse traps. And I just kept thinking like, and Johnny not during that entire time was like, uh, we should probably not do this because this is really not only embarrassing for him, but this is probably putting him in a lot of pain. But guess what? Lights turn on and he is laughing his butt off. And he's like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm on jackass. And I'm just like, you know what? There must be some people out there that have a much higher tolerance for pain and frustration. Because if that was me 
And I was even being asked to come on the set of Jackass. I'd be like, actually, no, I have another appointment. I know how you guys operate. I'm going to get pranked and I'm going to get really badly injured. I got to tell you, uh, for parents out there, if anyone's listening, you probably already guessed this is not a show for kids. This is barely a show for adults or at least adults that care about their bodies because there are multiple scenes of genital mutilation in this movie. And I say that. That saying it is probably, nah, no, I was going to say it's probably worse than it sounds, but it is. It's not worse than it sounds. There's a whole bit where one of the new guys, um, I think it is, I think it's Poopy, or it might be, <laughs> might be Dave, uh, is one of them. But he he's doing like the hit yourself in the nuts contest. And it starts out with uh, someone, oh, it starts out with like a famous MMA fighter punching him in the nuts not good. He freaks out. He basically passes out. And then from there, a famous softball player throws a softball full speed at his nuts. And then from there, a hockey player, professional hockey player, slapsticks a hockey puck there. And then I feel like there was one more that was, oh man, there's one more, but it was like, he, you saw blood. And I would say this too, you know, they say it's rated R, there's a lot of nudity in this movie, a lot of male nudity in this movie. And it is, it is not, none of it is sexy or appealing at all. All of it is terrible. All of it is horrible. Uh, and so there's a lot of times where I was wincing because I'm just like, nope, nope, I can't watch that. I can't watch somebody, uh, someone like Steve-O getting honey put all over his uh, nether regions for a giant flock of bees to come, to come on to him. So he's just sitting there cameras on him completely naked and he is covered in bees in that area uh and they're stinging him and he you see it they zoom in on the camera to show the little stingers that are in there uh funny at moments yes but also utterly terrifying so uh would i watch that movie again yeah absolutely i would i was laughing my butt off but i just kept thinking Man, these guys like how far do you go for a laugh and so that's what i kept wondering there is a girl well, there's a girl in the group now one of the new the new people is actually a girl and she um, does a Botox uh, session with a scorpion and she's just getting hit in the lips with the scorpion stinger. And again, how is that? You know, there's no, there's not a lot of comedy to that. It's more of just, wow. What I did find funny was she took pain a lot better than the guys did. There's a bit where she was just openly and happily uh, sticking her tongue into a taser like the, and she just got, and she's doing it. She's like, yep, I'm good. And then um, some of the other characters didn't do so well. So it was, it was nice to see again, the new blood I thought was fantastic, but man, there were moments in it where they're even, they showed, and I like that. There's a lot of behind the scenes that they show in the movie too. Jeff Tremaine, the uh, director, uh, he gets put into some pranks because they get mad at him at one point. They're like, dude, I can't believe you're like making us do all of this and you won't even do it yourself. And I'm on, I'm on their side for that. I mean, some of this stuff was absolutely insane. Shooting them out of cannons, sliding down giant. Uh, there's a bike one where they used like human ramps as bikes. There's one where they got a guy and they tied him to a chair and he thought that he was going, they're going to put, bring bees in, but instead they brought a bear in and that absolutely freaked him out. And I was just like, holy cow, like this is just beyond stressful. It was absolutely insane. So um, I, I loved it, though. I thought it was great. It was true to form. It felt like a jackass movie. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching against. Oh, is the guy's name was Danger. The guy that got tied up is one of the new guys. 
So you got a guy named Danger, a guy named Poopies. I mean, what what more do you want? This is just a bunch of – oh, my goodness. This is one we didn't even get to see. There must be some behind the scenes. Uh, but, again, available on Paramount. Uh, worth it, I think, for – if you could pull all of these movies off in a week, I think it's worth it just to do the trial because these were really good movies. I hope they make another Jackass. I'm not in a hurry to see another one, uh, but I certainly would watch this one again. So the next one that I checked out – we're going to save Orphan for last because I think that might have been my favorite of the three. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jackass. We'll talk about Scream for a bit. So this is the new Scream movie. Again, this came out very early in the year. I think this was like January of this year. 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, California, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. This movie was good. It was entertaining. Um, it was a little bit scary, but overall, I thought that this was a really good meta movie. And for anyone who's seen this, will know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you that won't see, aren't seeing this or haven't yet, um, check it out because this is a really good meditation on horror movies. Uh, it's just that there's a movie surrounding that meditation that kind of doesn't have anything to do with it, and it's 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 just probably one of the most meta scary movies that you'll ever watch. The killer is uh, the killer is trying to reenact. Um, scenes in a sense or creating scenes for a future scream movie in the universe they're called the stab movies but all the other movies are called real movies so like i love the opening of this the killer calls one of the girls and is asking her what her favorite scary movie is and she's like oh you know there's so many these days like you know i love uh she says the babadook because it's a meditation on uh motherhood and all this stuff and i'm like yes and she's like it's elevated horror and I was like, I, I consider myself to be kind of that elevated horror person. But the guy's like, nothing is as good as the original, right? Nothing's as good as just a classic slasher movie. And uh, so you're getting hints that, okay, you know, that's where we're going. But she's like, well, you know, what about Hereditary and all these other things, which was kind of cool. But then they get even more meta. And they get in, they get the, the original characters involved. And so I'll call out some of these people. So the director... Matt, uh, but Bettinelli Olpin, who did um, Ready or Not, which is pretty cool. I was glad to see that. But you got the classics, right? Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette are all there. But Melissa Barrera is the kind of main protagonist in this. She plays Sam Carpenter. Um, she is from, uh, man, there was another, was just, oh yeah, she's in In the Heights. She's one of the sisters from In the Heights. And then her younger sister, played by Jenna Ortega, who was in another movie I watched recently called X um, by T West that she did great. Uh, Jack Quaid's in this from the boys. He does an awesome job. Dylan Minnette is in this as well from 13 reasons why Jasmine Savoy Brown is fantastic in this. She was great. Mason Gooding, um, Mickey Madison as well from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of plays the same character. I'm not going to spoil who the killer or killers are in this only to say that Again, I really liked there's there's a bit here where they bring in the old cast for help because they're like, you know, this keeps happening and they're referencing the other movies. The last time this happened was in 2011, uh, which is when the last Scream movie was. And, you know, he's saying and explaining like, OK, well, first things first, it's probably your boyfriend, which he literally says as the boyfriend sitting there. And I love that. He's like, you know, based on some of the last stories, there's a good chance it's the boy. He's like, how long have you known him? She's like, I don't know, like six months ish. Yeah. Any new person in the movie is probably going to be the killer. Uh, they just kept saying things like that. And there's a point where they get to this house where the entire young new cast is. And uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown 
gives this giant rant about uh, scary movies and the uh, camera or like the story plots of movies. She's like, all right, so let me break this down because I know some of these stab movies. And she's like, okay, so, you know, it's probably going to be this person. It could be this, could be that. And a lot of it was right and, and was called out. But they purposely in the movie try to put a bunch of twists in as well to throw you off the scent. And honestly, I liked that a lot because they laid out so much plot in the dialogue explanation plot like this that I couldn't follow it in a good way where I was like, okay, if I think too hard about this, I may be able to figure out and guess who the killer is, but I'm just going to laugh at how meta they're being and just enjoy the movie. That helped me out a lot because I didn't guess who the killer was. I mean, I did when the guy said it's going to be the boyfriend and then it didn't turn out to be that at the beginning. Um, and I guess, you know, so, sort of a spoiler there. I mean, we kind of could have guessed it, but it was interesting. The lengths that they went, to take you off the scent of one person, put you on the scent of another person, um, which I think is the whole point of Scream. I, I saw the first Scream movie a long time ago, and all I remember is that Ghostface is a very scary character. I don't remember what the commentary of the movie was about because they're playing off of a lot of these themes from the prior films. I could tell that for sure, but I just couldn't remember like, okay, so is this similar? I mean, they get to the point where the finale takes place in the original Scream house. They call that out like, wow, how meta do you have to be that we're doing this in the original, the original stab house? Uh, it just, like I said, it was great. David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Neve Campbell absolutely killed it. Um, they were really fun to watch. They didn't get enough time, in my opinion. I thought David Arquette got a lot of time. But Courtney Cox, man, there's, there's a moment, too, where one of the people comes out and, she, you know, they've just revealed themselves as be helping the killer. And, she, you know, it shoots somebody. But then they are walking up to the house to, to save the day, right? And they've both got a gun. And she comes out on the, you know, you'll know it's a she at this point, but she comes out on the, on the porch and she's just like crouched over. So you can't see her gun. Help me, help me. There's a killer inside. And Courtney or Neve looks over at Courtney and says, what do you think? And Courtney goes, yeah, it's probably a trap and goes to pull her gun. And the girl's like, ah, screw it. And pulls her gun to shoot her. Um, and it's just like, I loved that. Like the whole, again, they, they knew they were in a scary movie. They knew they were in a scream movie. And I think that made this movie a lot more special in that sense. Of all the horror movies I watched, I'd probably say this was my least favorite. But again, if we're calling these my least favorite scary movies, I need to be grateful because we've been there's been some bad scary movies out there. And uh, this was not one of them. So if you have not seen Scream, I would really check it out. I got to tell you, again, if you have, this movie's been out since January, uh, 13, Mr. 13 Reasons Why, Wes, Dylan Minnette. I thought that he was going to end up being the killer because I was like, you know what? He was in three seasons of 13 Reasons Why. You know, he's trying to find, I guess there wasn't really a killer in that movie, but I just was like, I bet you he was like, I'd love to be in another high school drama. Just make me the killer instead so I can have a new role. And uh, and that's not what it ended up happening. Like, I got to tell you, like I said, there's a lot of spots in this where I just did not see it coming. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So literally it was just, well, I guess that person, now I can't guess them. So I'm better at guessing football games than I am at guessing who the killer is in a movie, apparently. Um, but that one was super fun. Uh, like I said, really, really fun to watch. Um, it's on there. Heather Matarazzo was in this as well. Um, if those of you remember, I could have swore that she was in. That's right. She was a Lily Moskovitz in uh, The Princess Diaries. Um, she's much older now, but um, she had a very brief role in this movie. And I think that's because, as Martha Meeks, and I imagine that's because she was in, yeah, she was in Scream 3. It looks like as Martha Meeks. So um, a lot of callbacks, a lot of people that they brought back again, more than happy. I thought the cast 
no issues with the cast. I thought the whole cast was great. So um, hopefully they make another one. Hopefully it's honestly not as meta because I don't know where they're going to go with it from here. Since the whole point of this one was to create these killings to make another uh, another movie. But you can't make the movie based on the movie or can you? In this film, they call it the requel, which is the reboot sequel. And they talk about, well, here's all the rules of a requel. And again, just I thought that was really cool. If you love horror movies, Scream is a great deconstruction of the horror movie. Uh, okay, so the last one on here, which again was my most anticipated, Orphan First Kill. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, I will say, spoilers ahead, I'm going to reveal what the big twist is in this movie. Um, but if you are a fan of these films and you have not seen these films, if you are a horror fan in general, go watch this movie. If you're able to go see it in theaters, go see it in theaters. Uh, or like I said, all it took for me was an email in my PayPal account and then one more button click to cancel to get access to Paramount um, to just watch this movie in particular because it's worth it. This is a great movie. I was at the edge of my seat the entire time. And uh, like I said, so if you don't want to be spoiled about anything in this movie, um, you have been warned. So Orphan is a prequel to the original Orphan movie, which is impressive on its own because it has been 11 years since we have had an Orphan movie. And 11 years is a long time for a real life. And I'm going to double check that it's real life. Uh, I'm pretty sure she was, yeah, 90, 1997. So yeah, basically she was uh, 12 years old. Her name is uh, Isabel Furman, who played uh, uh, Esther in The Orphan uh, she's much older now. She's 11 years older. She looks the exact same in this movie. Um, and I did read a review. IGN did a really cool review there talking about there's a lot of camera scenes where the cinematography actually helps you in thinking that she's younger. And I'm actually glad I read that before because it made me appreciate this movie even more. There are a lot of scenes where you're just focused on her face or you're focused on her full body from behind and she looks very small. Uh, but in all of it, never once was I like, whoa, this is a full on adult. I kept thinking, I kept thinking she was a little bigger than she was because when they'd show her as like a hobbit, I was like, oh, whoa, she is very small. Um, but but even in the other scenes where I wasn't, I was thinking she was like 16 instead of 10. So it wasn't crazy. She did a phenomenal job, though. She was so scary. She was so menacing, so cunning and smart. And so we kind of get the backstory of what was her first kill, right? How did she become this orphan character? And so it turns out she was in kind of a sort of um, like Estonian insane asylum, so to speak, where, and bless, you know, bless their hearts. They're always trying, you know, let's keep her in this room. Let's keep her away from everybody. And so, as you know, she's always got a way of getting out and she does, she tricks a guard. And so she's able to escape and it's you know, completely scary in terms of how she escapes because I was kind of freaking out. She looks up online how uh, like the missing persons in specific areas. And so she actually steals the identity of a missing child. And she kind of looks at it to where, well, this child went missing when they were X years of age. I'm, you know, I am older than that. I kind of look like them sort of thing. And so she does that and then just shows up at a, she, you know, she's like swinging on a swing and a police officer comes by and is like, Hey, you know, who are you? And she's like, my name's Esther. And that was the name of the, the child. And that is where we learn then about the family of uh, Julia Stiles, Julia Stiles. 
standout performance by her in this film. Uh, Rosef Sutherland and Matthew Finland play the Albrights. Uh, Trisha, Allen, and Gunner in um, uh, in that respectable respective order. So she is the younger sister now of Gunner, and so they bring her home. And the, you know, there's just something wrong with her. Uh, no, doy, there's something wrong with her. She's uh, the orphan. She's gonna come kill you guys. And they're, they're just, they can't place it. Oh, she's got a Russian accent now and blah, blah, blah. The backstory that she claims or that the authorities kind of claim for her is that she was sort of rescued from like a trafficking sort of thing. So someone took her. They thought that she was, you know, she was missing. Someone abducted her, took her to Russia, and she lived there. So she's kind of gotten an accent. She dresses kind of funny. All these things that to us were like, absolutely not, absolutely not. But to a grieving family, um, you know, they'll believe anything, right? And there's a detective, Donnan, as well, played by Hiro Kanagawa. And he uh, is kind of the one that lets them know, like, hey, this is what's going on. But so, you know, then they're very smart, very rich family, huge house. Um, and they put her in therapy. And she's very cunning in those therapy sessions of trying to avoid answering any questions. She makes some mistakes as well. And the therapist is kind of letting the mom know about that. Like, yeah, she mentioned this, but we know it's this. And so the mom's like, something's not right. But at the same time, she doesn't want to, you know, press the issue, right? Maybe her daughter is just traumatized. And so there is a, a, like a seething fright throughout this entire movie where you're just, again, on the edge of your seat going like, when is the other shoe going to fall? When is the... When is the Band-Aid coming off of the neck to show you her marks? Uh, because she still wears that neck thing as well. And the mom tries to take it off at one point. She's like, no, don't touch it. And it's like, okay, you have to know that's not your daughter. Um, and so we get to this point, though, where the detective starts uh, getting his hands into things. He's like, I don't know. I got to do some digging. And so he, he does. He sneaks over to the house. And uh, while the parents aren't home and grabs some fingerprints from her, from a, uh, a record player. And of course she notices this as well. And so, oh man, guys. And so again, spoilers, spoilers. If you want to shut this down, I'm going to spoil this for probably the next 10 minutes. I, I don't know, maybe less, but so she follows him and take, gets into his house, this detective. And I'm thinking to myself, like, here we go again. We're going into the, the classic orphan cat territory where the people who know the secret are uh, immediately killed by her and she's going to just get to live on her best life, which at the same time is kind of the point of this movie, right? Because it's a prequel. So uh, we know that she's not going to die. We know whatever happens in this movie, she's getting away with it. And she kills him. She stabs him in the back, doesn't even notice him. And she's like, how did you know it was me? And uh, he's not even able to answer because she stabbed him so many times. But before he is able to die, the mom shows up. And I was just like, wait, what is she doing here? Oh, no, she is about to get killed. Why is she coming to see this detective? She pulls out a gun and shoots the detective four more times. And then she looks at Esther, who is your name's not Esther. Um, I think her name is Lu Lumi or something like that. Um, but anyway, she's like, we need to talk. And she says, I knew you weren't my daughter from the very beginning. Why? Because her and her son kill her son. I believe it, she says it very fast. I was in pure shock. I couldn't move. So you may have to watch this and let me know. 
from my understanding, this is a very rich white family. The son, through drinking or something, accidentally got the daughter killed. And so her, him and the mom made it look like the daughter went missing. And so they, her, she's like, all right, help me move this body. So the mom and Esther uh, take the body and dump it where they dump the daughter's body as well. And so she's like, well, guess what? You're in on this now too, because ever since Esther came back, her relationship with her husband has improved because he's been just traumatic of the loss of her young daughter. Who, what, what father wouldn't be? And now he's finally healing. And so she's like, we're basically going to live the rest of our lives like this. And so her whole plan is obviously when she figures out things more, she'll kill or get rid of Esther. But at this point, we're just going to be one happy family. My brain hurts even just explaining this to you guys. I was blown away. What a cool twist. So basically everyone in the house is a bad guy except for the father. And so that makes this movie you're if I was on the edge of my seat now I'm on the floor because you don't know who to believe you don't know who to trust you don't know like Esther's trying to kill the mom the mom's trying to kill Esther the son's trying to kill Esther Esther's trying to kill the son Esther is also as an orphan trying to seduce the father um, because she just the father paints and she also paints so they find a connection um, just wild like I said absolutely wild I will not reveal what happens at the end of the movie I will not spoil that portion of it but I had to mention that because like I said when it comes to scary movies one of the biggest things that they have going for them is the twist um, scary movies are like uh, movie theater gold right the, the budgets can be super low you can make a movie like this where it probably costs less than 20 million dollars to make I would think I mean there's nothing that crazy eh, it's probably some CGI maybe this was a little more pricey but think of like a movie like any of the Jordan Peele movies, those movies, they're all, Jordans are a little higher, but even so, the return on investment is very high. You can craft a movie with minimal CGI that just shows a door with a shadow, and people will go watch that movie because you never know what is in that shadow. And when and they play with that in Scream too, which I thought was great of like, oh, is someone around this corner? Um, horror movies are just beautiful that way because they, they really invoke those feelings inside of you. They give you that rush that makes you feel like, being alive, right? Feeling like you're about to die. Um, and it's for very cheap too. It's cheaply made. So they're, they're usually very successful. And I think this is one of those cases. This is not just, was this a successful movie, but it was a good movie. Like it was a really good movie. Um, one of those movies were like, I haven't seen orphan since I watched it again. I don't know if I'll watch this one again. Um, but if I do, I know I'm going to be in for a treat because hopefully if I wait long enough, I'll probably forget about the twist and then uh, I'll get to enjoy it again. I just, like I said, absolutely insane um totally worth all three of these movies overall being able to watch them all kind of within a week span totally worth it i think at least get even if you had to pay for a month of paramount plus you'll find more stuff on there like i said there's some other paramount exclusives there's a new uh it came out a couple years ago but it's a new paranormal activity movie um i'm, I'm gonna try to watch that before it's out i may not get to it but um there are some other films on there like i said ton of exclusives on shows so overall, as a review for Paramount Plus, I would say they've got some good things. But if you're looking to trim the fat on your streaming services or are you on the fence about it, probably wouldn't get Paramount Plus right away uh, unless you can test it out and see for yourself if you like it. But that's kind of where uh, our show is going to go for today. So a little, little bit shorter. Like I said, we're just discussing a couple of those small movies. My intention was this weekend um, to go in to see Don't Worry Darling and to provide a review to you guys for that wasn't able to uh 
just due to some family stuff, family in town now as well. So I'm not able to get to the movies, but we will be back next week. I'm still working on what that'll be. It'll either be something Don't Worry Darling related, or we have a very fun episode coming up that I've been brainstorming with our great friend of the show, Anthony, around physical media. Uh, so that could be next week as well. Again, just depends on all of the scheduling, but keep it here on the Nerd Life Network. Keep it here on Comics and Cinema. Make sure you're giving us a follow here on YouTube. And if you like it in podcast format, uh, which comes out right around the same time as these, plus some bonus episodes, uh, you can find Comics and Cinema on anywhere you get your podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, uh, SoundCloud, anywhere. Um, but for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening, and we will see you at the movies. Music